spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. There are coming-of-age moments, and then there's what happened at PNC Arena on the 20th anniversary of the opening of that building. Andrei Svechnikov did Andrei Svechnikov things. He had a lacrosse-style goal, a power play goal within 322 of each other in the third period, and the Hurricanes stormed back and won a 2-1 game over the Calgary Flames. I'm Adam Gold. Alec Campbell will join me in just a second. And this is what I hope will be uh, the first in a long line of morning after Hurricanes podcast. Uh, Canes are now 8-3-1. and one. That's an incredible start. I believe it's the uh, best start in franchise history with 17 points in the month of October. Peter Mrazek was great again. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's bring in Alec Campbell. Stormwatch. Aftermath, Man About Town, intermissions uh, uh, for the Hurricanes Radio Network. Uh, All right, sir. Um, Did the building sound as good as it seemed, even though I know the crowd was good, but not certainly wasn't a capacity crowd. uh, I thought it just it just came across where I where I was sitting in my house uh, as a pretty energetic building, especially in the third. Uh, yeah, actually, I thought it was a little bit, I thought the crowd was a little bit, I thought it was a kind of a quiet building for a lot of the night. And I actually thought that part of it was that maybe they had gotten beaten down over the course of the game just because the Canes couldn't get anything to work. I mean, I didn't think the Hurricanes played a bad game. They had moments where they, they didn't play well. I thought they started the first couple of shifts that were good and then the rest of the first period kind of wasn't their best, but they came out with a push in the second and I thought they owned the third period. And the third period really is when the crowd kind of got a little bit more life. But even then the Canes were throwing everything except the kitchen sink at Calgary and nothing was really working. So when Sveshnikov scored that goal, yeah, I mean, it obviously came alive, but I know among the media contingent, the people who are there all the time and see Andre work on that move because he does <laughs> practice it regularly and he has tried it before last year and it didn't work. I think we were just kind of like, Oh my God, it actually worked. I think that was more the reaction. I think the crowd maybe was different from the media. Um, but it, that was, I mean, that was my reaction was he actually did it yeah. <laughs> and it actually worked because last year I'm pretty sure he tried it and it didn't work. And, I'm not sure Rod Brindamore was that thrilled about it. I don't think he was really angry necessarily, but it was kind of one of those things that was like, okay, kid, why don't you learn how to play before you start doing all this wacky stuff? But I said this to John in the aftermath, and, you know, you look at plays like that, and in retrospect, when they work, it always makes sense, right? But in that moment, I felt like 
it was almost like a trick play. It was almost like a, a trick play in football or something like that where, you know, nothing was working. So the context of it, I think, matters because, like I said, the crowd was kind of beaten down. It was kind of quiet. They needed to do something to try to spark the comeback. And so, in a way, it was the perfect time to do it. Nobody was thinking about it. You know, nothing was working. So try the wacky thing, and it worked, man. It was crazy. You know, it's what's what's interesting. First of all, you brought it up. Um, if uh, if you poured truth serum down Rod Brindamore's throat, uh, he would probably say that he hated the idea of right. Uh, Svechnikov trying that um, it's maybe it's the case where if you're going to do it you better score uh, right <laughs> although I guess it's it's the same chance of doing anything else uh, uh, and I really thought that Calgary I mean how long are you going to allow Svechnikov behind the net with the puck without anybody coming at him. Nobody made him make a move. So they sort of uh, invited that uh, that play. But I think your assessment of uh, the game is spot on. I thought the first three minutes, Carolina was great, could have scored a couple of goals. Uh, and then the next 17 minutes of the first period, I mean, they were lucky to get out of there. It took, uh, it took Chris Huffine, the video staff, uh, you know, uh, figuring out that that was an offside play to make it yeah. to to draw it back to one nothing because Carolina was really a mess defensively. Uh, well, I wonder if I wonder if Jake Gardner thought that was offside initially, which is why he was a little bit lackadaisical to the puck near the Canes bench, right? And that turnover, the, the first turnover he had uh, occurred. So maybe he knew something we didn't before that almost second goal was scored. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, uh, it's just kind of ironic, and I pointed this out. I believe Bill Peters was 0 for 2,487 <laughs> on challenges. <Yeah. laughs> he was. And I th- he was, man. He was awful. <laughs> and and Rod's, like, Rod's like 100%. Yeah, he's like Tony Gwynn. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's just really, uh, it really is amazing. All right, so... What do you think of the of, of the uh, of the top line? I actually thought that Warren Fogle, for the second game in a row, I thought had a real impact on yeah. the way Aho and Svechnikov played together. It's the second game in a row that that was your top line, or whatever. The numbers are silly to even mention, uh, but that uh, Fogel, Aho, and Ter- and Svechnikov played together. I actually liked what Fogel brought. I think he's played his best two games of the year, the last two. I love Fogel tonight. I, I was talking with Dennis Cox during the game. There were two guys that stood out to me because, you know, we're going to focus on Sveshnikov, and we should at this point. He was the first star of the game. He had the sickest goal, you know, that maybe we've ever seen at BNC Arena. But he, he had a couple of bad moments at the beginning of the game. He had a terrible turnover in the first period mm-hmm. where he, he tried to swat one out of the zone and essentially centered the puck from Calgary. And that was, right. that was just one of the few mistakes that he made. Um, but, you know, two names that stood out to me, Fogle, easily one of them. Brian Gibbons, I thought, was all over the place. And this game kind of lended itself, I think, to those types of players, the the grindy energy players that have to play that way because of just the style that Calgary plays. I mean, you remember 
Bill Peters and the, yeah. you know, everyone always used to use the word structure around him. And he's pretty good at getting guys to, you know, play pretty sound defensive hockey and keep guys out in the middle of the ice. And so they really needed Warren Fogle and guys like Brian Gibbons to loosen things up. You know, Gibbons obviously not playing on those top two lines, but you know, I kind of liked the fourth line tonight oh, a little yeah. bit. Loved it. Um, and Fogel, you know, he had a great chance early in the game. Uh, great save by Riddick. Um, but yeah, he was he was he was really good tonight. And I think he's been good over the last few games, to be honest with you. So you know, maybe that button that that Rod pushed, switching he and Tara Vinen up, is you know is working. Yeah, look, and I, um, you know, they we've, they've been looking for a combination to get. Yeah, they always try to get Aho going. He's they, nobody should have to try to get Aho going. That he should he should come that way. Uh, and I'm not really worried about Sebastian. Uh, but I think that uh, at some point, Fogel uh, maybe Fogel looked in the mirror and said, "I got to get back to doing what I'm doing." Because you and I have talked about this, and you know, we've talked about it with John that the forecheck had been missing. Uh, but I thought that that line was very good uh, in terms of uh, playing deep in the uh, the opposing zone. Uh, but I think he's just been really good. He didn't even kill uh, kill penalties tonight. He did take one penalty uh, as well. A couple of a uh, couple of quick things because I considered Fogel as one of my stars. And I considered Brian Gibbons as well, who had a a, 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 def, a redirect try in the high slot that uh, I think Riddick made a good save on. Um, but Jacob Slavin, I believe Johnny Goudreau will go to sleep tonight, seeing yeah. seventy four uh, yeah. in his mind because I, I, I mean I, I I tried to look at it to confirm it, but I think Slavin probably was on the ice for sixteen. Of Goudreau's 20 minutes, maybe 15 or 16 of Goudreau's 20 minutes. He was always there, and there's a reason why Goudreau only had two shots. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we end up talking about Jacob Slavin every single every single game because he's, he's so good. I, I got to say, like, I, I've almost – I mean, it's hard to not pay attention to Jacob Slavin, but I, was, I, was, I, I feel like I watch him more offensively now yeah. to see what he's doing. Only because, like, I know he's going to be good defensively. Uh, but he made so many good plays um, on the defensive end. But offensively, man, he was good, too. He had one situation where he threw the puck off the pad in the third period that Sveshnikov couldn't finish. Right. And I love that play. I mean, I'm not even sure if he was trying to score there, but I love the idea of throwing it off the goaltender's pad like that. So... I mean, I just I don't even know what else to say about him because he's so good, he's so smart, he's so heady, and he makes so many good defensive plays against the league's best players. Yeah, I mean, he was he was great. He was great against Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves uh, on uh, on Saturday against Chicago. Uh, I thought Dougie Hamilton was very good tonight. Played physical. Uh, Brett Pesci, yeah. twenty four some odd minutes, led everybody uh, in ice time. Special teams was good. The penalty kill looked very good. Well, Peter Morazic looked very good, and we'll get to him in a second. Power yeah. play connected on a goal, of course. Andrei Svechnikov, uh, great screen in front by Eric Halla. And there's one thing I love about Halla: he is not afraid to get in front of the goaltender, uh, and he no. basically made a living there for Carolina. Uh, smart play. Play, net front presence. Um, all right, Mrazek, 60 saves on 61 shots. 
in the last mm-hmm. uh, two starts. Um, I thought he was good in Columbus, even though they lost the game in overtime. I really thought he was excellent in Columbus. Um, I mean, start him on Friday, right? Yeah, I definitely say start him on Friday. You and I had talked about maybe letting them go two games. John Forslund sent, uh, in the aftermath said, no, don't do that. Go ahead and get the Rhymer one of those games. But, you know, I think he's on a roll right now. He's won five in a row at PNC Arena this year. He's won 14 in a row <laughs> going back to last year at PNC Arena. I mean, even if you look at Peter Morazic's statistics as an opposing player right. at PNC Arena, he's ridiculous. I think he's like 16-5-1 and one as a goaltender all-time at PNC Arena, whether he's a hurricane or not. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's on a roll again this year uh, and right now. So I think you definitely go to him again on Friday night. I, I'm kind of with you on this. I mean, I know it's early in the season. Reimer hasn't played in a while. You do need to get him a start at some point. Seems like an opportune time to do it. But Peter, to me, is the type of guy that, that feeds off of that. You know, like when he gets going, you kind of want to ride it because that's, that's sort of his M.O. He's, he likes the, you know, the confidence, the emotion of all of that helps him. Yeah. I don't know that he's necessarily the, you know, like Curtis McElhaney last year, he's, to me, he's the type of guy who can get up for any game just because of the way he plays the position. It's so technical and it's so mental that he can, he can stop and start. You know, Peter's not like that for me. So I'd be fine if they decided to roll him on the back-to-back both nights, but I I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, no, I'm, they didn't do it at all last year. Um, I don't necessarily think it will happen, uh, but hey, if Peter has a, a kind of a light workload on Friday against Detroit, although uh, Detroit, by the way, played a good game and beat Edmonton 3-1 tonight. Uh, they allow a ton of goals. They have allowed 46 goals uh, so far this season, almost four goals a game. Uh, but- I mean, Calgary, Calgary's allowed a bunch of goals too. They're, they're like eight, eight highest in terms of yeah. total goals allowed. Yeah. I, by the way, uh, I hope uh, I hope Noah Hannafin is okay. Blocked a shot uh, and eventually yeah. had to be uh, be helped off the ice. Uh, very quietly, yeah. Andre Svechnikov has twelve points. Remember when he didn't have any goals uh, except for the empty netter? Now he's got his last right. four points have uh, have all been goals. What'd you think of? Well, I mean, he went he went five games without a point. Yep. Before Chicago. Yep. He's uh, and Teravainen has uh, ten points in twelve games so far. Uh, I mean, other than Aho, really, uh, their best players have really done uh, you know a fair amount of damage on the score sheet. What'd you think of the Happy Halloween Storm Surge? I liked it. I mean, they've been basically doing the same one over and over and over again, which is fine with me. I don't right. don't necessarily care, but. It was fine, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't have much. I don't have much of an opinion on it, but it was appropriate, right? I yeah. mean, it is Halloween. I love so the creativity kudos. of it. Yeah, I just absolutely love the creativity of it. So, I mean, those guys—they seem to love. They do this Halloween thing, Halloween party every year. They love it. I'm not. You know, I'm not the biggest Halloween guy. Like, I'm cool with you know drinking bourbon and handing out candy, but like in terms of dressing up, I would never do it if I didn't have a wife. So you have dressed up recently? 
Yeah, the last couple. Uh, did we do it last year? I don't know if we dressed up, dressed up last year, but since Meredith and I have been together, we have dressed up a bunch of times. But she does all the work. Okay. She plans it. Good. She plans it. She gets all the stuff together, and she just tells me what I'm going to be, which I'm cool with. If that's the case, like, I'm down with that. Uh, but if it weren't for her, I wouldn't. I, would, I, I probably wouldn't even know it was Halloween, to be honest with you. Well, I would, uh, just based on the amount of candy in the grocery store, I seem to go to the grocery store like every other day. Uh, Dude, so <laughs> Meredith bought Halloween candy last week, and she's like, we're all ready, and that's been a major problem because it's just been out <laughs> in a bucket, like near our door, and she and I have just been killing it. Oh, good. Well, good for you guys. Good for you. We have we don't have any trick or treaters up here. The horses don't trick or treat, uh, so uh, so we don't have to worry about it. Uh, real quick, um, the uh, I, there was some feistiness tonight, which I really liked, especially late in the game uh, in front of Mrazek. How about Joel Edmondson uh, kind of almost flipping off the helmet of uh, Elias Lindholm? Yeah, he mushed him. He mushed him. <laughs> it was absolutely he, uh, fantastic. He- what what was what's Lindholm doing there? By the way, like what what does he think is going to happen? Being a hockey like, player. What? Why do you why do you want a piece of Joel Edmondson? You know, <laughs> just you by know, the way, Lindholm. I'll, I'll say this about Elias Lindholm. Always liked him as a player. When he mm-hmm. when he played with a little bit of an an agitating edge, um, he was a better player. And the more he does that the better he is. I've always been a fan. I always liked Elias Lindholm. He's a great kid. Um, and I didn't even mind. I know Tripp was talking about it on the broadcast. I didn't even mind the mocking the storm surge last year. No. Uh, that didn't bother me at all. Um, and it did. I mean, I didn't like to see him score the first goal, uh, but no. um, I'm maybe I'm an apologist for Elias Lindholm. But hey, you know what? You, just because Joel Edmondson is twice your size doesn't mean you have to back down. Three points for Lindholm against the Hurricanes. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's, he's wonderful he's player. He's been moved on. Wonderful player and uh, got uh, got free of Jordan Stahl and scored the first goal. But then Jordan got him back. He won the draw that ended the game uh, because yeah. you know those guys were gassed on the ice. Also, you realize in the third period that the Canes hadn't allowed a single shot until like three minutes or two minutes left in the period. Yeah, it was a total was- dominant third period. Yeah. Yeah. 10-3 shots on goal, 10-6 scoring chances, although I can't even, I don't even recall uh, Calgary having too many chances, except maybe all of those were late. Well, at the very end, they had they had one oh. really good one. On the power play. They had play. a 6-on-4 four, yeah. four power play, and Kachuk, there was a deflection in front. Kachuk had a rebound opportunity, and Peter came up with two big saves. Yeah. How about the, the save on Mangiapane, too? from Peter was insane. He was tremendous. The big glove save. Yeah. Like, to be yeah. honest, I mean, he was the first star of the game. Svechnikov scored yeah. two goals, but Mrazek was the best player on the ice. Yeah, I would agree with that. So. I would agree with that. All right, I hope this was a successful maiden voyage. Uh, I hope well, people will listen we'll and we'll do it again. Yeah, we, we, we will find out. We'll find out if anybody listens to it. Uh, Alec Campbell, I will, uh, I'll see you uh, on Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. 
All right, man. Same to you. Later. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.